Hello, Leanna. Hey, Ed. How are you? I am. I am good. I'm. I'm a, a little sleep deprived today, but uh, I find that when I'm still sleep deprived, it can go two ways. One, I can be dragging my butt the whole day, or two, the adrenaline just keeps me going like crazy. You know, I get punchy when I get sleep deprived. Oh, you're hilarious when you're sleep yeah, deprived. Yeah, I'm very, very honest and very, very weird, and people can't handle it. Oh. Oh, I, I think they haven't seen you in your in your finest then, because when you are punch drunk, oh, are you hilarious? Oh no, people don't people don't understand. People I don't do get not that. understand. Well, okay, see, there's a very low bar, Ed, for women in in current year to be called crazy or unhinged, and so if you're the least bit fun, you are unhinged. Yeah, that word. I mean, that's something that. It, ironically, Donald Trump has popularized calling yeah. people unhinged. When yeah. does he call people unhinged? When he's making when they make statements sense. which are unhinged. Yeah, they uh, it it's it's a word that's been ruined, and now there's no word for you know behavior where someone is clearly off the rails. It's just they've they've ruined language. Oh, they, I mean. They, well, because the the people on the MAGA side, they use words they don't understand. Groomer, communist, okay, fascist, when, dictator. They don't. They have no idea what when, they're calling people. They don't know what it means. All they know is this bad. Me call you that. When you work in anything involving people or culture, you learn that words for most people are just grunts that we've agreed mean things. They don't actually have any hard and fast meanings and they do shift. And so it, you you really gotta be careful leaping in to communication without going, okay, what do you mean by this thing? Because words, I don't think words ever had an actual clearly held definition the way a lot of people think they do. I think dog and, and cat. I don't know anything beyond that. Well, I don't know because I mean, is is a wolf a dog? It's no, a wolf's a wolf. Species. Okay, is a lion a cat? Yes. Okay, so why is a wolf not a dog, but a lion is a cat? Well, that would be because a wolf is not a dog, but a lion is a it's, cat. It's a canine. It's a member of the canine species, Canis lupus. Well, that's the thing. It's got the, the lupus part on it, and that makes it different. But that's the thing that we see, you know, dog as referring to only domesticated dogs, whereas no cat is truly domesticated. So, well, no, no, cats domesticate us. Yeah, d cats are not, cats can survive on their own a lot better than dogs do. They're not happy about it, but, you know. Well, cats are like the it. greatest hunters in the world. There are places like their their calculations are exist that feral cats or cats let outdoors kill like millions of birds a year. Yeah. In in some places they're concerned about the the populations of certain birds because cats who are outdoors are so good at killing birds. Nobody worries about the mousers, the cats who kill mice, like no problem. But Killing birds, a different story. Cats are very efficient hunters.
Yeah. But you, you see what I mean about language that we put these sort of def- definitions on things that aren't, you, you know, I like organization with things like this. I like everything in like neat little categories. So everything's, everything makes sense. And when, when you actually look at things, words, the words get in the way too often, you know, like we're, we're in an age we're talking about feelings is anxiety, depression, frustration. Those three words I hear more often than anything else and anxiety and depression are huge categories of experience and so you try to get people to talk more about it and they they just don't have the vocabulary the number of times when I say how did you feel about that the response is well I feel like they didn't do the thing they weren't they were supposed to do that's not a feeling that's a thought it is okay if somebody was just curious I just say if somebody were to say, I have the impression that they didn't do what they said they were going to, is that the same as saying something is a feeling or is that a merging of sort of feeling slash intuition with observation? Well, that's the whole thing, though. If somebody said, how did that make you feel? And someone responded, I had the impression that they weren't doing what they were supposed to. That's not really answering the question, is it? Why is it relevant that they weren't doing what they were supposed to? Did it make you angry? Did it make you frightened? Did it put you in a bad spot? You know, what's the relevance of the criticism? Yeah, I think I didn't have enough sleep for that for, to answer that question. And it, the thing is, when you practice it, it doesn't take a lot. It's that so many people are so cut off from it that they're punished for having feelings. But where it's left is a lot of people aren't actually communicating what they think they're communicating. And you so keep we, saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah, communication. And I mean, I have a I have a a colleague who says culture is what happens between people. And I think that if we were all more aware of that, a lot of these stupid culture war things would just go away. I don't because... think I even understand that. What does that mean? Culture is what happens between two people. Well, culture is exchanges, right? It's not internal. It's not strictly natural environment. It's something, like I said, words are grunts. We agree have specific meanings. That's culture. A particular style is culture. One person wearing a particular article of clothing doesn't make it a trend. There has to be some Unless it's like Taylor Swift, then it becomes a trend. But that's because people copy her. See that that that, what are trends besides people copying? But that's exactly it. It's something that happens between two or more people. It's the exchange of meaning that creates culture. Oh, two or more people. All right, that I understand. Right, right. Yeah. So and and when you understand that, you look at some of these fights. You know, especially over things like pronouns, and you realize how silly they are. Oh, they're all pronouns, stupid. Pronouns don't hurt anybody. Now, it's true that pe- some people are too gotcha about pronouns, but that's an online thing. The majority of people I know in real life who use non-binary pronouns, they know people are going to mess it up. The validation is making the attempt. 
you know, catching yourself and correcting yourself when you catch yourself and seeming to show a certain amount of consideration for the person. And to me, it's no different than people changing their names. Well, it's you know, just when, something you have to get used to when when somebody uh, when a woman typically get, gets married and then takes on a new last name, people don't shed, you know, they, they don't uh, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to come up with is, but the people don't have a problem with changing uh, Miss Nesbitt to uh, Mrs. Wilson. Um, right. You know, well, or, or, some people you, have a problem if you don't do it. Well, yeah, and this, but the thing is that when you call somebody who's recently married by their maiden name, the person, the recently married person, very rarely gets all outraged. They just say, oh, this is yeah. what I'm going by now. And everyone's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. We move on. There's no political ramifications in most cases. Do, with do you that. remember when Miz came up, though? Oh, do you remember the fights? Well, yeah, but that was tied in with, the uh, advancement of uh, was it second wave feminism? Yeah, yeah, but it's no different. It's it was no pushed different. back. It was pushed back from guys and some women who are, don't be changing things that don't need to be changed. Except it needs to be changed. That's why it's being changed, not by me. Yeah, but that's it's the same thing. You like my and character it, there? I liked your character. The thing is, those aren't the people fighting this stuff these are a lot of the people i find that are fighting really hard on the pronoun thing are people who want credit for being intellectual or tuned in but they want to do no work they want the world to cater to them and have everything be on easy mode well everyone wants everything to be on easy mode i don't Okay, everyone but Leanna wants things to be on easy mode. You, you know me, I play games on hard mode. All right, games, you're, you are uh, deciding to engage in something that will be challenging. Life, you don't need it to be challenging. You know what? The, the truth is you do have to choose what challenges you're going to take on. Because if you don't take on any challenges, everything's a challenge. Everything becomes a fight. You have to pick your conflicts or they pick you. To pick your conflicts, that's actually, you should be putting that on some kind of bumper sticker because that's true. Oh, yeah. If you don't pick your battles, they pick you. The problem with putting something on a bumper sticker is these days, only lunatics have bumper stickers. Yeah, uh, it's coffee mugs now. Yeah, because you see, whenever you see bumper stickers, they're all nuts. It used to be like you'd have a bumper sticker for your favorite radio station or whatever. Nobody thought anything about it. But now they're all Either there's either the the uh, Christian fish or there's the evolved fish that is has feet on it, um, and then other. It's usually crazy religious messaging or crazy political messaging. The only one that is not crazy is the one that says coexist that has all the religious symbols in it. All right, fine, I can get behind that. The others are all nuts. Oh, except for I don't think these count as bumper stickers. But it, where in the back window of like the minivan, it tells you how many people are oh, in the family. Oh, I can't family. stand those. Yeah, it's like, I, uh, what? The I, ones I, I like I are when they're those. turned into like characters. Yeah, I still, from a security point of view, you are telling people how many people are in your family. 
Uh, and you should probably proceed with caution with that. Um, I don't think most people think about that. Well, that's the thing. Most people don't think about that. I think about everything you may have noticed. So I get grumpy. So a lot of the time. Here's something that I was thinking about. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you, but you go into a convenience store and mm-hmm. you get a few items and you put them down on the counter. Oh, okay. They ring you through. Uh-huh. And then you once the transaction has finished, they say, would you like a bag? And if you say yes, they say 25 cents. It's like, okay. I've just completed the transaction. I am not doing another transaction for, for, with, with debit yeah, they're, for 25 they're losing, cents. They're losing money on a debit card transaction. Yeah, like why don't you, when you see a number of items, why don't they say, would you like a bag? And then you can, if the person says this, you can bundle it in to the overall purchase. Why would you ask me after the purchase has gone through? Because they hate having to ask. Well, they, but okay, asking afterwards, asking before, what's the difference? It's, I, whenever I did that when I worked retail, it's because I thought the policy was stupid and I was being passive aggressive. All right, when was when you worked retail, people weren't charging for bags. No, but it was dumb stuff like you, you know, you you were forced to ask and it was the stuff that tended to get you told off. What? So like what? You, oh, what what? Well, by customers cuz they were angry at the constant upsells and the nickel diming and they take it out on retail workers. If oh. if people want to do one thing to make the world a better place, and it doesn't take very much. Be nicer to retail workers, please. I have so many clients who are actively looking for non-retail work because they hate dealing with customers. They are working warehouses, overnight shifts, just to avoid customers because they all know retail is abusive. Yeah, you know, I don't have page like it- when like when the the person at the convenience store does that thing with the bag, I never get angry at them. Um, it's this I get miffed at it, but not really at them because how can I blame somebody working at the convenience store for not being super efficient and and p- putting their all into okay. their job? I can't. Except- I get it. It's a job and retail. Their jobs. Nobody. I mean, there's some people who love retail. They're great salespeople. Other people are doing it because that's the job they could get. Just, just Why do you expect they're... people to give you a white glove service everywhere you go? Put yourself in the position of the other person and where your head might be at. Have a little bit of understanding that they they may just have learned to hate humanity. Don't be another per, another vote in that direction for them. Oh, they they do it because they think retail staff must be nice to them no matter how abusive they are and i think managers i mean the the people i manage if somebody's in their face i say tell them they say something like kind of aggressive he said tell them i'll back you because people have to realize there are consequences i am so sick of this anti-consequence culture and i'm not this is not cancel culture is consequence culture Because it's the opposite, because I think some people get taken down for nonsense. But there are actual consequences to behavior. And right now it's all out of whack because some people get consequences and some people don't. And it's a problem. 
And some people think that consequences are persecution as opposed to the equal and opposite reaction to something they started. Yeah, but uh, I guess that brings us into talk of federal politics, doesn't it? Do you want Does to go it? to break right. and then come back? Well, the, the, the double standards there are on fire. Well, you want to go to a break and come back and talk about uh, uh, Nazis in Parliament? That's an interesting way of summing it up, but okay. Well, I'm trying to trying to beat the hook. Yeah, okay. All right. When we come back, uh, you just heard what we're going to talk about. Why am I going to repeat it? All right, yeah. stay with us. Nazi gate. It's a gate? Oh, yeah, it's a gate now. That was trending on Twitter. I hate the gates. I hate the gates. But everything's a gate. Everything. Ever since Watergate, everything's a gate. Why don't I, they put water in front of it instead of gate? If you're going to steal things from water, like, why can't it be water Nazi? That sounds a little bit like either an anime or a Kevin Costner movie. Or um, the evil enemy, World War II enemy of Aquaman. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same snap. But I've been... I've been researching the facts of this. Investigating is better. Research is not. Wait, we haven't gone to a break yet. Oh, we haven't? No, we got to come back. We got to go to break. No. no. We'll be back. All right, for those who haven't heard. Uh, Everybody's this, heard. Was it Everybody's this week or heard. last week? I can't even well, keep track anymore. It started, oh. it started before Yom Kippur. It started because remember I said to you on Friday or Friday or Saturday, it's like there's this thing going on, but it's so ridiculous that I need more proof before I see it. And it sort of exploded Sunday, like late Sunday. So we we kind of missed it on Yom Kippur. And then it was waiting for us when we got back online, which is part of what made me so grouchy about the whole thing. Let me give a little background. Uh, uh, Zelensky. The uh, leader of Ukraine was in Canada's parliament to address, I believe he was there to address the parliament. Um, and the speaker, who is, this is something people need to understand and don't understand. All right. I think that Canadians have a better working knowledge of the American system of government uh, than they to, do our own. To the credit of the Canadian media, most outlets I've read have been very good at pointing out the separation here. It's just people who primarily consume news of a conservative origin will not see this because they're the ones not talking about it. The fact that the speaker has autonomy, the prime minister's office, the party the speaker of the house comes from does not, or parliamentary speaker. I don't know if that's an American term there. I just proved your point, but they have autonomy to invite to conduct business, the prime minister's office does not know or approve of the decisions the speaker makes. They don't have to come from the same party. Well, the, the speaker is not under the auspices of the government of the day. The speaker is a separate structure. The yeah. speaker uh, invited this, I don't know how old the guy I, is. Actually, I, I read the background of this. When it turned out that Zelensky was going to be in parliament, the guy's son. I don't want to say the guy's name because, my God, he's 98 years old. I don't care I, how old I he feel, is. I feel awful for this family. Why? Well, because I think they didn't know. It's Wait, they didn't know that that 98-year-old grandpa was a, a Ukrainian Nazi in World it's, War II? 
it's very possible they did not because if they did they probably wouldn't have called and said can he come because um uh what's his name uh the speaker anthony Rota, Rota the former yeah. yeah the former speaker he's uh, he represents a riding in north bay and this guy's son called and said you know my grandfather's a ukrainian world war ii veteran can he come and this particular uh unit was called different names by different people during this period in the conflict so you know the first ukrainian forces if you google that you're not necessarily going to get the same thing as you know the waffen ss galicia um that's part of where i think it broke down also when somebody tends to call up and say my granddad's a veteran can he come and sit in the gallery most people say yeah okay fine the gallery's open to the public right well they're really uh, here's the thing that i heard which i found compelling when somebody says that their uh, grandfather, a family member, fought in World War II against the Russians, well, the people fighting against the Russians in World War II were Nazis. Um, okay, and the Russians the people, were our allies during but, World War II. No, that they ought switched. To click in. They switched sides midway through the conflict. Were they ever fighting with the Nazis? Yes? Okay. No, you can't okay. come. But you have to understand the choice there was Hitler or Stalin. Well, I understand that we talked about consequences of choices. Yeah, but that is an unwinnable choice. And the Russians, the Russians have been trying to take over Ukraine since long before the Second World War. And keep in mind, during the First World War, the Russians and the Germans were definitely on the same side. Well, I, this guy served with a unit that has a, an atrocious record. But um, most people don't, they think of Ukrainians fighting Russia. They think about it in a modern context, right? Yeah, but people when don't you're a speaker and you have War an II. office, sorry, what? People don't know from World War II. Yeah, but when you're a speaker and you have an office, do a little bit of research. But I think, they, I think like they have to check them for security purposes, right? Yeah. And... This guy would have come up as nothing because there was a an inquiry under Mulroney uh, that basically said that just being a member of these units did not make you a war criminal. It had to be based on your specific actions. This was settled in the in the early 90s. Uh, and that's so. You, you you could argue that maybe they checked it and went, well, um, uh, th there's there's some murk surrounding this because part of the reason the B'nai B'rith is pushing so hard on this issue is they want the records released of how many how many Ukrainian forces who were very well, they swore allegiance to Hitler, how many of them the British arm twisted Canada to take in the 1950s. Those records are sealed. We don't actually know how many. It could have been as few as 600. It could have been as many as 2,000. So the B'nai B'rith is pushing because they want these records made public. I support that. 
But this idea, the way the story's been reported is Canadian Parliament gave a standing ovation to a Nazi. And that suggests that they knew who the guy was. Now, there's only two people in all of Parliament right now who have Jewish, open Jewish ancestry to talk about or are Jewish. And the fact that none of the conservatives even knew about this. Like Melissa Lanceman didn't go, hey, whoa, hold up, you know? Yeah, and she never misses an opportunity to set herself on fire for a spotlight. Yeah, and they, I think this stuff was thrown together very, very quickly. The conservatives also have their issues with posing with Nazis. I mean, three conservative MPs met with a modern day German far right party member. None of them lost their positions. None of them were asked to leave caucus. So the conservatives have no business criticizing the liberals for this because what did they say at the time? Oh, they didn't know their politics. And Along that's which, my... which was also nonsense. You don't meet a prominent uh, political per, uh, actor from another country and do not check out the... their political allegiances. You just don't. And if you do, and... you're an idiot and shouldn't be and... in government. And that's the thing. I think that was more reasonable for people to check than something that happened 80 years ago. And that's the issue I have with the whole thing. You can't take one position in March and then take a completely different position in September just because it's politically expedient. Also, the best thing to do is for everyone to shut up about this so that we don't continue to fuel the Russian propaganda machine. Because the Russian propaganda machine was on this before this happened. They were already claiming that Trudeau and Zelensky spent the night together at the Royal York Hotel milking trudeau's divorce to suggest they're gay for each other well that wow um yeah. that that's uh ridiculous uh creative they they but... have forged a postage stamp a canadian postage stamp with this 98 year old guy's face on it claiming because he was called a canadian hero that we issued a postage stamp of him it's been absolutely wild the thing is they were already they were already claiming the invasion of Crimea was about denazifying the Ukraine. Now, the idea that Ukraine has a unique Nazi problem is bizarre considering Zelensky's Jewish. Well, also, Ukraine in World War II, terrible record of how they treated their Jews. Okay. But since then, uh, Ukraine be has become the country in Eastern Europe that was most hospitable, welcoming, uh, accepting of their Jewish community, okay, of all the Eastern, Ed, Eastern uh, states in there. Ed, tell me one Eastern Euro European country that treated Jews well there. Well, there were none. Yeah, and here's the thing. Do you know what the origin of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion was? The thing that fueled the whole anti-Jewish sentiment in that region in the Holocaust? It's a Russian uh, force. Russia, Russia, yep. So them saying we're going to we're going to denazify the area. I mean, the only people who really know about this stuff anymore are hardcore fans of The Witcher like me. You know, that that show with Henry Cavill that was also a video game and a bunch of books. Yeah, because the whole setting in the books is all about, you know, 
one group of jerks roll in, the other group of jerks roll out because Poland was allowed to talk about what the Nazis did during World War II, including this Ukrainian unit that apparently slaughtered a whole bunch of Polish uh, civilians. But they were not allowed to talk about what the Russians did because Poland was basically controlled by Russia until around 1991. The first Rich Witcher story came out in 1993. So there is obviously some write what you know, even though the author denies its allegory of any kind. Well, sometimes you write allegory without knowing you're writing allegory. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you if you understand what's going on here and you read fiction from that part of the world, there was no good guy in that conflict. The Russians were possibly worse to the Poles than the Germans were. And so that's why when we judge this, uh, I, I talked to a guy, in, he's, in, he's in Luxembourg, actually, and he said, yeah, my grandfather volunteered during World War II, World War II as well, at gunpoint. Volunteer was sort of in air quotes. So... We have to be kind and nuanced about this. It was an embarrassing mistake. It was. That's where I'm at. It's like, all right, this was an embarrassing mistake. Everybody, all parties, all leaders uh, were fooled, uh, gave this, uh, or or, were, I wouldn't say fooled. They They were not not knowledgeable when they gave the ovation. It was a mistake. Somebody has resigned for it. Can can you move on to the fact that there are actual pressing day-to-day issues that Canadians need addressing. This whole what? business of distraction is what's happened in the United States. So they distract, the right distracts the public about topics that might engage them emotionally, but the things that really need fixing don't get attention because they're still, they're all busy yelling squirrel. What I don't like is people thinking Holocaust bad and K absolves them of anti-Semitic behavior now. And the grandstanding, this periodic grandstanding on behalf of Jewish people just frosts me because people people commit double standards every day. And I am so sick of what I call the look that people give me when I talk about keeping kosher. I get this look that, oh, I thought you were smart and sane. And I am so sick of that. You know, people will do all this nonsense about refusing to take medications because they don't like taking pills. And they'll do all this nut stuff with like, you know, alkaline stuff and adrenal fatigue and all this nutty stuff. But I don't eat bacon, shellfish or cheeseburgers. And I'm dumb and weird. Come on. Well, there's some people who can't believe that there are people who don't eat bacon. Like they think even vegetarians should eat bacon. Um, and I mean, bacon's not good for you. If you like bacon, fine. I like wine. I don't claim wine is good for me. It's a vice that I consume in moderation. That is bacon. Well, listen, there are fewer people that are more obnoxious than loud atheists. They are as bad as the uh, loud religious people that I've, they can't stand. They, I have the, changed. The I have changed of, my point of view on that, Ed. I don't agree. You don't agree. I don't agree. That loud, smug, 
Yeah, no. Smug, obnoxious, religious people are worse than atheists because atheists don't think I'm going to hell and they're not. Well, all right, but it, it's in the way that they uh, push forward, that they proselytize their ideas and tell but you they, that you're an idiot if you don't get, agree with them. Same as they, religious people. But the, no, but they atheists do not get protections for sincerely held religious beliefs the way religious people do. And if you believe in a higher power, you are held to a higher moral standard. I include myself in that. All right. Like, I, I used to agree with you until the last couple weeks, and I've had some very disturbing conversations with mainly conservative Christians. And conservative Christians, in my opinion, now are neither. That if if you actually look what's in the book, all the stuff about poverty reduction and non-judgment, Jesus was a liberal. I don't care what anybody said. You know, Muhammad, in a great many ways, I'm supposed to say peace be upon him. You, you don't you don't take Muhammad's name in vain. Um, but he believed in protecting the downtrodden as well. There, there is a lot of stuff there that, if you actually read the books, is is very progressive. And you keep seeing these religious groups, you know, and even even you know conservative conservative Jews as well. They're just as bad. Whenever conservatism and religion mix, you get the opposite of what the books say. And that's a real problem because atheists don't have religious freedom protections the way people who identify with a religious group do. Why you know, would they people... need religious protections if they're not a religion? Okay, but people can't say, I want to pull my kid out of sex ed because I'm an atheist. Well, yeah, I mean, you can pull your kid out of sex ed for any reason at all, right? You know, atheists aren't the ones, well, I don't know anymore because there's a certain amount of school you can't miss. But it isn't the atheists trying to take away teacher autonomy right now. It's not the atheists refusing to let teachers teach. It's not the atheists deciding to make, you know, teachers into rat squads for kids that are questioning their gender. And if you think it's stopping a gender, everybody, you're wrong. They're coming after LGBTQ, all of the letters. It's about gay people, too. It's about pansexual people. It's about bisexual people. It's not just transgender youth. That you is not the atheist. You know what I read yesterday that drove me crazy? Was there's a, I, I forget who this person is. There is a government official in Texas who is seeking to get the records of all women who have had an abortion in Texas yep. since 2021. Yep. I don't know what the purpose of this is. But, so they can they can look into whether they committed crimes. But the law wasn't changed in 2021. Ed, it doesn't matter. You don't understand how these these modern, you know, far conservatives. It's so hard because there are economic conservatives. I mean, Charles Adler's constantly on the warpath against these guys. But, you know, there are economic conservatives that don't do this. So I'm not meaning all conservatives, but this particular type of conservative, there are no first principles here. It's how much power can I amass and how much power can I take away from people who don't think like me? Because the world has to be completely safe and unchallenging or I feel like they're coming for me. Like I said, I think versus I feel 
very important distinction to make. All right. And I both think and feel that it is time to move on from this Nazi thing. And I mean, it's being used cynically by the conservatives. I I don't think Rota should have had to resign for this. Well, if, someone was going to have you know, to. No, you know what? If this had been a conservative, he'd still be there. Sheer did some stuff. Uh, who were some of the other guys under Harper? Uh, they did some stuff that was kind of sus. They never had to resign. Now, this was an international embarrassment. And I, I made a YouTube video about this. And I said, you know, 10, 20 years ago, pre-Harper. Anyway, this would have been an automatic resignation. Nobody would have had to call for it. But politics changed and liberals and and centrists still have to resign. Conservatives don't. And that's a problem. Pierre Polyevra posed with with Nazi flags in the background, not Nazi flags, but flags that the symbol had been driven, drawn on. Can barely speak. I'm like, this is like, but during that thing they called the convoy was which was an occupation of a residential neighborhood in ottawa he went out played nicey nicey with them posed with all these flags in the background the fact that he's going after trudeau for this that's chutzpah i don't know how you live with yourself with that kind of double standard the thing that happened in march aside and i i do have to make a correction here it was 1986 that the uh inquiry where they decided that ukrainian soldiers were not by default war criminals uh happened it was under mulroney but it was in 1986 so conservatives did that too i hate to defend polyev but the fact is i don't think he knew what was in the background of those pictures but they didn't know what they were cheering for either exactly it's the same it's the same level of not knowing but that's the thing he didn't kick people out of out of caucus who knowingly met with a a german modern fascist that's okay for him to do. The speaker does something. He blames Trudeau. He doesn't know those flags are in the background. He wants benefit of the doubt, but he doesn't give it. Give me a break. This guy cannot hold office. Well, I mean, listen, if if it's cloudy, he blames Trudeau. All right. Let's go to a break. All right. So finally... It looks like the strikes in Hollywood are coming to a close. Yay. Um, I guess, I, I I think the studios lost. Not that oh, they really lost, because they're still going to be making tons of money and tons of profits. So it's hard to say they actually lost, but they didn't prevail in crushing the unions so that uh, the, remember, this is about things like studios wanting to digitally capture background uh actors and use them for free going forward that's that's the sag strike not the wga strike this is about uh one using ai to write a first draft they lost being able to do that and two they got minimum number of work hours and writers positions in it's it's the netflix strike because i i think i talked before about what they've been pulling at these streaming services and and why the writing is so bad on some of these streaming shows. Refresh us because somebody might not have heard it. Basically what they've been doing, you know how normally you hire a writer's room and then you go in and you brainstorm the season and then you divvy up the work 
and then people write the first draft, they get the main credit on it. And then you come in and you do fixes and they go and polish it up. Right. It's the vision of labor. Well, instead, what they've been doing on these Netflix shows is they've basically been bringing them in for an audition, getting all their ideas that way to see if they want to hire them and then hiring them for just a couple of days and then having a shoestring staff actually write the scripts. And you can see that the writing is not great. On these shows, they can't even write shows that are about the name of the character that's on the show. The writing is. Those who don't know what she's talking about, referencing Ahsoka, the Star Wars series currently running on Disney Plus. Not just Ahsoka, Mandalorian season three was not the Mandalorians plural. It was the Mandalorian, which means Din Djarin and Grogu. It was not about a whole bunch of other people we don't care about. It was supposed to be about him. Even Loki, arguably the biggest Marvel movie character that's been in a series. There was an entire episode and a half of six that was not about him. When I was studying literature, we had entire lessons devoted to, you know, exceptions that prove the rule, but books like Dracula and Moby Dick they were not the protagonist. They were not the main character of the story, but they were what the story was about. And these, you know, the Disney shows get a lot of, it's not for it. I'm censoring myself really hard here, but they take a lot on the chin, but they're not the only ones doing this. And it's amazing that the most well-crafted show right now is a show adapted from shonen anime. The live action One Piece on Netflix is fantastic because the original manga creator maintained creative control and wouldn't let them screw it up. Well, I do want to comment on something you said, but I do want to also back up One Piece. You don't need to know that it was ever anime to enjoy this. It's just a really good storytelling. It's entertaining. It is swashbuckling. It is fun. You do not need to know anything about where this came from you can enjoy it on its own and it is it is an example of well crafted television i i can't recommend it enough um, can we can we just get an entire show based on carson teva yeah that would be awesome uh, liana's referring to the character in not just ahsoka but has run through all of the star wars tv series the x-wing pilot played by toronto's own paul sun hung lee and he is amazing in that role. He, Paul Lee has been the MVP of supporting cast in Star Wars. And he's Canadian. I'm biased because he's a local guy, but Mr. Kim is killing it on Star Wars. There was a thing. He just always seems happy to be there. And well, we both we know do. him, and he's a huge Star Wars fan. So for him, this is Nirvana, not the band, okay. the, the the state of mental being. But he also has a, an amazing work ethic when it comes to, you know, he's just a bit player, but he's going to go in there and just do the best job he possibly can and learn. And the guy has no ego, and he just... He he steals every scene he's in. They need a show about him just running 
that squad. There was supposed to be that. That was supposed to be the show with him yeah, and they... Gina Carano. And that went down the toilet with Gina Carano's career. And All that, right. that I, I actually think they jumped the gun on. The comment that she got canceled for was actually accurate and not at all the way that it was characterized. But obviously knives were out but, for her and they but, were looking uh, but for also, an excuse. What was that about again? World War II and the Holocaust. People just lose their minds on behalf of the people who were affected. And uh, that is not sincere. That is cynical and that is grandstanding. And I don't know about you, Ed, but personally, I find that dehumanizing. Well, if I was to think about it, I probably would too. Um, I don't want to make you think too much. All right. uh, A little bit, a very little bit of time for us to, uh, to, to bring this to, to a close. Um, And I don't know what to say. I, 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 oh, I'm trying not to have an energy drink is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of dragging it, too. Because um, I don't I, I don't believe that a healthy state of being is one where you require some form of uh, external energy provided for you through uh, coffee or energy drink or anything. So I'm trying to push through. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. We'll see if I get through. Okay, I mean the technical difficulties this show have not been fun either. Uh, they're not techni- when are technical difficulties fun? Some of them are fun. Some of them are funny. These have just been really frustrating, and now I need a nap. But I have another three hours of meetings, so no nap for me. No nap for you. Um, I do want to say and uh, talk about frustrating. Uh, and this may be limited to an experience for people who drive in Toronto, but if they could take those damn electronic signs that say buckle up for safety or impaired is impaired and uh, use them to tell us that there's, there are highway off ramps or or on ramps that are closed before we are at a point of committing to taking that uh, Avenue. It would be very nice because I don't like getting to the on ramp for the 401 East from the Don Valley Parkway and discovering, Oh, it's closed. I yeah. could have taken, if I would have known, I would have taken the 407, which is a toll road, but at least it gets you there. Instead, yeah. I got exp- I got to do all kinds of freaking diversions. Why can't they tell us that the road is closed well in advance so that we can make we can make alternative decisions? Instead, they tell us nothing except buckle up for safety. And we wind up uh, the, the traffic snarls. You wind up being late. And when you're supposed to be doing a live radio show, being late's not a good thing. Yep. That's all you got to say? <laughs> uh, the traffic in Toronto and the surrounding areas are just, it's so bad. I just go to another place. Yeah, Toronto. I'm so glad of Zoom because I don't have to go into this. <laughs> well, that was that's attractive, huh? That uh, hacking. You're supposed to be able to press a button if you're going to cough. But if it sneaks up on you, how the hell do you yeah. press a button? Yeah. Yeah. It, you can't. So I apologize. Everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> Everything sucks. I apologize for coughing in your ear. There were no uh, germs transferred, no vaccine shedding, nothing like that. All right. Uh, Liana can be heard on It's Not Therapy. Uh, navigating the madness of mental health uh, with uh, insights and humor and humanity, but lots of 
lots of great things to think about uh, that you might not even have thought you needed to think about. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I didn't even realize I needed to think about this. So check out It's Not Therapy, uh, available on podcast platforms and, and Sirius XM app. And uh, I'm on the all night show on 94.9 The Rock in the GTA, midnight to 5 a.m. Monday to Friday. The best of show is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or, uh, midnight to 5 a.m. And uh, it's also available on The Rock uh, app and therock.fm for streaming. And uh, Leanna, you have three more hours of, of meetings to do. So let's end this show so you can begin the next one. Do your thing. Bye-bye. 